so that I'm not tapping it. I don't wear a headset. People wear headsets to act like they're doing podcasts, but unless I have something to hear, there's no reason to wear a headset, right? But people sit around and act like they need to wear headsets. But anyway, so I don't hear if I touch the microphone and make a loud noise in your ear. So I'm trying something new. So we'll keep moving here. Chaos. Too big of a subject to just brush past. I don't believe, and remember, this is just me thinking today. Let's just have a good old-fashioned chat. I don't believe that we were that familiar with what chaos really was before these people got to us. Why? Well, because I don't see that we led chaos and unorganized kinds of lives. And so they were able to hit us with a lot of chaos and plunge us into something that we have been unfamiliar in our dealings with chaos. It's a foreign object to a lot of us. So that's probably the most effective tool they've used. So what I'm going to be doing is um, I'm just sharing my thoughts. So it's going to come in a few different segments here. First, I'm going to be sharing what the psychopaths that I interviewed for my book had to say 
It's still available for free, psychopathinyourlife.com. Also, contact information, same location. Anyhow, yeah, I'm going to share what they had to say about chaos. And also, I'm going to share what the early Greeks said about chaos. And there's a theory, interesting theory of chaos. And what the Hebrews had to say about chaos. So chaos isn't something that I really wanted to just kind of rush past here. So, let's get started here. What did the psychopaths say about chaos? What one of them said was this. Things often feel like that. Unattached. Nothing to plug into. Just patterns and words. And that's fine because words mean whatever their use is. Because there are patterns, infinitely many so. And this also supports my theory that evil has to come packaged as hell. He continues on, All is chaos, and people see faces in the clouds. They draw the constellations on the stars and give them names. They draw faces on me and write a story. That cloud is a dragon. Leo is a lion, brave and strong. Fred is, Fred is whatever I thoughtlessly told him I'd like him to be. This was Fred speaking. But the words are just words. What they describe is not real. What they say is imaginary. What they show, that's what is real. How things fit together. Where all the best views can be had. Which buttons do what? And I sometimes think there is a part of me that may feel grief, or a shadow of me, or a shadow of grief. I do not know. Beetle in a box. I have heard some people say that psychopaths envy self-esteem. That is absurd. What sense would that make? We just rearrange it. And you want to be a strong person? Yet the first time I show you, teach you, give you strength, you act like I just stabbed a bunny at Easter. As I said, people don't know what they need. They never think what would be required to prop up their dream, just so long as they get it. Bacon may get many people drooling, but they've no stomach for slaughtering the pig to get at it. They just want bacon, not murder and mess and confronting the full, unflattering reality of their self-interest. Compartmentalization. What outcome do I want? Forget the means, just give me the ends. But I think in reality, it is a futile gesture. People oppress themselves. You can probably no more exist in the moment, revel in the chaos, than I could. There's a rub. I don't know, because I can't. After this, though, what happens? You see something you don't like, and what do you do? Nearly always, come crawling back, begging to say it was all a trick that you imagined it you misheard misunderstood anything but that it was true always more lies just one last hit just this time just so everything can be okay again but it never ends and sooner or later you overdose over the edge of comfortable existence and into the land of uncomfortable truth that petrified thing can't be ignored anymore and half the time you're wandering around like you've got shell shock or some kind of hyper-mundane PTSD, waiting, stunned, and vacant, floating around until you drift back to terra firma again. 
over and over and over again, never willing to take a jump, but destined to take a fall. People gaslight themselves. What I can tell you is that I have been told I can be terrifying, not scary, terrifying. What a thing to tell a guy with issues of his own. Do I think you would put yourself at risk? I would hope not. But you do not understand. People do, time and time again. Sometimes it is the thing they want to do more than anything else. I would bet there are people on your forum who are like that, who would be out the door like a shot with the gentlest of beckoning. Others will seek people similar to whatever it was they're pining after, because it isn't the person they want, but the treatment, the experience, the ideation to belong. After a while, I'm showing you who I am. Look at those words. Think about them. Do they seem familiar? When do I do that again? It's okay because it is well established by now what it is. I have told you I warn people and they plow right on through regardless. It is safe to watch from beyond the barriers, but it is chaos inside them, literally, perhaps. It's fine to like me, to talk to me. It's probably not so fine to get close, though. Don't feed the lions. That was their view. Um, yeah, and the part that I found amazing was over the years, victims said the exact same thing. They said things like they told them that they were dangerous. They told them they were dark and evil. And the response always was they thought it was a joke. I think when people are confronted with evil, they just don't have any way to process it because it's been fed into their brains that evil does not exist and has also been compartmentalized to think that evil exists only at the hands of people like serial killers, not at the hands of people who look and talk like the rest of us. That's how it has to work. So what does this chaos do? Well, the true definition of it creates anxiety, it creates dependency, internal chaos, that you're not good enough, why not me era. It also has to do with um, chaos in Christian theology and Greek creation myths. The same term chaos is used to refer to the gap between the separation of heaven and earth, referring to it as complete disorder and confusion. Mayhem, bedlam, madness, havoc, turmoil, commotion, disruption, upheaval, fur, frenzy, chaos. Behavior so unpredictable as to appear random, owing to great sensitivity to small changes in conditions. So, I'm not going to get too far into the way, way back history of chaos because I'm not sure I believe all of it. But since these people um, go by all of this crazy numbers and stuff, I'll dig a little bit here to show you what I found. Because, interestingly enough, I found the butterfly effect. You know how everybody's erroneously talking about the butterfly effect, the butterfly this. Well, I found 
what they really mean. <laughs> and it's not what they're... It, anyway, here again, just like Bohemian Grove and all of that, got it wrong. Okay, why was I looking more at chaos? Well, because there's 1,974 movie titles and TV shows with chaos in the title. You can look for yourself. Just just look for movies with chaos in the title, and bingo, you will find them all. In Hebrew thought, however, the most prominent concept of chaos is that of the primeval disorder that preceded God's creative activity. It said, the most prominent concept of chaos is that of the primeval disorder that preceded God's creative activity. When darkness was upon the face of the deep, God through his word destroyed the forces of confusion, Genesis 1-2. Throughout the scriptures, chaos is personified as the principal opponent of God. This one guy said, The biblical reason why we experience evil chaos in this world are primarily three. The devil, human sinfulness, and God's curse. You know that place they're talking about chaos between the heaven and the earth? I've always thought that when people left here and didn't get into heaven, they ended up in some space between here and there. (laughs) Maybe that's what this chaos is all about. But anyway, so yeah, um, chaos is the mythological void state preceding the creation of the universe. In Christian theology, the same term is used to refer as a gap created by the separation of heaven and earth, chaos. So we've all heard about this butterfly effect, right? It's, It's chaos theory was first defined by a man named James York and a T.Y. lie in 1975. The world doesn't follow a predictable pattern is what this butterfly thing came out of, okay? Whether we like it or not, chaos is part of our lives. There are small spaces where change occurs, and it's impossible to predict the effects of certain events. Chaos theory is usually associated with math or physics because those subjects are its origin. Chaos theory is what you'll hear, okay? However, we often forget that these sciences directly affect our daily lives. In fact, few theories have such direct impact on our behavior and understanding. This York guy summarized this theory by saying, The most successful people are those who are good at plan B. You have to be ready to change plans at any moment. In life, it's important to be flexible. I don't plan things. I prefer to discover them, says James York, father of chaos theory. So chaos theory was first originated with the scientists. Okay, And what they found was that Scientists had things all figured out, but what they had not factored into their science stuff about us was the unpredictableness of chaos, okay? 
everyone can tolerate a little uncertainty. At a certain point, the brain can become more alert as you think about all the things that can happen. However, we mostly prefer stability. We like knowing that two and two is four. It's comforting for us to think that we have today that will be there tomorrow. It makes us feel that we have everything under control. However, chaos theory makes us aware of the undeniable fact. The rhythm of life isn't predictable like the ticking of a clock. There are many unpredictable and uncontrollable things around us. The other shoe can fall at any moment. It's the butterfly that flaps its wing in the United States and arrives in Europe as an economic crisis. It's the white ball we hit on the pool table that makes the other balls scatter in all directions. The chaos theory really means that nature is unpredictable. Chaos theory tells us that the outcome of an event depends on different variables. We can't always predict how the variable impacts the outcome. There's always a margin of error, a space for change, a hiccup that changes everything at the last moment. Sometimes a small change makes a huge impact and makes the entire plan chaotic. Some believe that the chaos theory is one of the most fascinating fields in modern mathematics. It's the science that tries to predict the unpredictable. You can imagine what it must have been like when it was first introduced. Remember that science up until this point aimed to eliminate uncertainty. Up to this point, meaning 1975. Its purpose was to explain the behavior of everything with logic and hard data. However, now we accept that anything can happen at any given moment that can change everything. In fact, meteorologists and mathematicians work with this uncertainty daily. In 1960, 1961, this guy named Edward Lorenz tried to create a computer that could predict time. During the process, he observed the entire system began to exhibit unpredictable behavior. This was due to a number of rounding error. Later, this experiment would help to define the butterfly effect. So if you want to know more about the butterfly effect early, look for Edward Lorenz, L-O-R-E-N-Z, in 1961. So we're not talking that long ago that they kicked into their heads <laughs> the way to control us with chaos. This is just my view, of course. So... Chaos is our constant companion. Chaos not only lives in nature, it's also in weather forecasts and even biology. At any moment, the golden thread of unpredictability can enter the head of the needle. Thus, chaotic things happen around us daily that we don't even notice. Chaos moves in the economy thermodynamics, astronomy, and even in psychology right under our noses. Today, we know that any small change in the brain, like the misfire of a neurotransmitter, may lead to drastic changes in behavior. Moreover, the chaos theory also applies to psychiatry. Enter the ones 
that want to know our brains, right? Such an interesting theory, right? We've got all these psychopaths telling us that we're the sick ones, right? So, um, there's a famous Chinese proverb I found. It says, the slight flutter of the wings of a butterfly can be felt on the other side of the world. How to apply chaos to everyday life. We all try to avoid chaos. It's the only way we feel safe. The predictable allows us to leave home without fear. But remember, I'm going to insert this here. Certain fears are good because if we know certain fears, then like animals drinking water are aware of what's going on behind them while they're still drinking water. They're not just drinking water. They're aware of their surroundings. So not I feel like not knowing surroundings creates more fear. But let me continue on here. The predictably allows us to leave our home without fear because we know that probably nothing bad is going to happen outside of our home, right? It allows us to create our lives and the future with confidence. However, James York, the father of chaos theory, says you should be ready to change the plan at any time. In a way, his principle has a lot to do with another theory called the black swan. Have you heard the black swan roaming around now? I like the way people just throw out these things like black swan, blah, 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 but any butterflies. But here is the real definition of that black swan. Interesting fact, the Queen of England owns all the swans <laughs> in the area. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still confused about the swans. But, yeah, the Queen of England owns all the swans and the waters around there. But, yeah, so let me get back here to this black swan stuff. Okay, so. I think when you see the black swan, it has to do, um, in a way, his principle, uh, you should be ready to change the plan at any time. His principle has a lot to do with another theory called the black swan. Nashim Nicholas Taleb, T-A-L-E-B, coined the term black swan, okay? So if you're looking for more about the black swan, look for Nassim, N-A-S-S-I-M, Nicholas Taleb, T-A-L-E-B. He coined the term black swan. In his notable book, which bears the same title as the theory, the title has black swan in it, he reminds us that to the naked eye, everything seems predictable. But at any given moment, something strange or chaotic appears that we don't expect. Then we're forced to accept and to make sense of the event. That would be the black swan deal. But instead of having to react at the moment that the chaos appears, we're already prepared. James York reminds us that people who succeed are happy and those who always have a plan B. Let's try to develop a flexible mindset that doesn't have to react to unexpected events. Approach the unexpected, unex, excuse me, approach the unexpected with acceptance and curiosity. Because many times an opportunity arises from chaos. Expecting the unexpected helps you to move to the rhythm of life. So, 
I think that um, what happened, it only happened um, at the turn of the 20th century that Henry Poincare, P-O-I-N-C-A-R-E, he was a physicist, one of them, of course, um, he demonstrated that even though seemingly insignificant and seemingly simple systems could produce very complex and confusing behaviors. Later, scientists would invent a name for what Poincare had discovered, the butterfly effect. The idea that a small change in one place and moment of time such as a butterfly flapping its wings, can lead to an outrageous effect at another place in time, like, for example, such as a typhoon. So, how chaos theory applies to the human psyche. The human brain is a frightening... Well, <laughs> I, I didn't say this, they did. The human, they said, the human brain is a frightening place to be. I don't think our brains started out frightening, okay? <laughs> I think they needed to instill the frightening to get us to um, be manageable. But anyway, let me continue on here. At least there are times when most brains work to confound and confuse the humans who possess them. The human psyche is unpredictable and complex. There are more than 7 billion people on the planet. And we are all snowflakes, having different personalities, dreams, and de developmental paths. Psychology tries to make sense of the chaos. It's not easy, which is why the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Professionals used it so generic and relatively nonspecific. Yes, well, many things that they have in their Diagnostic Mental Health Book, also known as the DSM-5, has to do with their definitions of how crazy we are. Like, for example, there is no way to test for, um, I don't know, disorders that they say that we have. <laughs> so, I think there used to be saying, kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, when these people start telling us that we're crazy, right? So, for many years, psychologists and other mental health professionals have tried to understand mental disorders using rational methods of explanation. Unfortunately, it is inherent in the definition of disorder that when something goes wrong with an individual's mental health, it is anything but rational. Psychologists need to devise a system of thought they could use to help them understand the variances of the mental process. Chaos theory offers that system. Chaos theory is a mathematical field of study which states that nonlinear dynamic systems that are seemingly random are actually deterministic from much simpler equations. Chaos theory was developed by inputs of various mathematicians and scientists. Its applications are found in lots of science fields. So, chaos theory describes the qualities of the point at which stability moves to instability or order moves to disorder. For example, unlike the behavior of a pendulum, which adheres to a predictable pattern, a chaotic system does not settle into a predictable pattern due to its nonlinear process.
People who have a chaotic lifestyle inevitably had parents who themselves lack boundaries and structures. They lack the skills to brawn properly and parent successfully and are unable to be consistently available to meet their child's needs because of early chaos in their childhood. They seem to, from what I understand from all of this, they seem to understand chaos quite well. <laughs> so, what more does it say? What is chaos theory and human behavior? Chaos theory provides achievable frameworks for potential identification, assessment, and adjustment of human behavior patterns. Chaotic dynamics use nonlinear mathematical relationships among factors that influence human systems. What do you call a person who loves chaos? This is my part of my main point here. We have addictions to chaos. Chaos is what has fed our system. If you just look at the simple terms, look at your screen and look at all of those ads running all over the place in your visual range. All of that is creating chaos. Ads popping up everywhere. Notifications popping up everywhere. Chaos. Okay. What do you call a person who loves chaos? Discordantism is a religious philosophy favoring chaos. And anarchy, a political one. However, the person in question does not have to be an actual adherent to either to be labeled in such a metaphorical way. What is a butterfly effect in psychology is the tendency to take a complex dynamic system and study its initial conditions so that over time a small cause may have large unpredictable effects. That's the butterfly effect that a small change could have large, unpredictable effects. You notice that butterfly is all over the place. MSN uses a butterfly. Everybody uses that butterfly. So that's what that butterfly is about. It's really about that, not just some random thing out of the blue. Okay. Um, there is this thing called complexity theory. Not going to get into that. In the 1700s. Um, so the Greek mythology said chaos is an ancient concept meaning infinite darkness emptiness abyss chasm or a wide open space chaos didn't have any particular shape or form and the ancient Greeks viewed it as both an abstract idea and a prime primordial deity deity always about the deities right Chaos is both seen as a deity and a thing, with some sources seeing chaos as a gap between heaven and earth. We talked about that. In some cases, chaos existed alongside Eros and Nyx, while in others, chaos is the first and only thing in the universe. In some stories, chaos is seen as existing between Tartarus, T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S, Chaos is the parent to night and darkness. Who are the children of chaos in Greek mythology? According to Hesiod's, chaos was the nothingness out of which the first objects of existence appeared. 
These first beings described as children of chaos alone were Gaia, meaning the earth, Taurus, the underworld, Eros, desire, Nike, the darkness of the night, and Erebus, the darkness of the underworld. So, if you want to look about more about chaos in Greek mythology, there you go, some terms to look for. Chaos has been linked with the term abyss. The term may refer to a state of non-being prior to creation. That stays between heaven and earth. In the book of Genesis, the spirit of God is moving upon the face of the waters, displacing the earlier state of the universe that is likened to a watery chaos, upon which there is shakin, which translated from the Hebrew is darkness and confusion. So, um, yeah, in these, Sepagitan makes no use of the context of creation, instead using the term for cleft, gorge, chasm. Huh, cleft, huh? These people have their cleft chins. Okay, however... The uh, So, church fathers in the 2nd century who positioned a creation by an omnipotent God. In modern biblical studies, the term chaos is commonly used in the context of the Torah and their cognitive narratives in ancient Near Eastern mythology, more generally. Parallels between the Hebrew Genesis and the Babylonian blah, blah, blah were established by some guy, Herman Gunkel, G-U-N-K-E-L, in 1910. Besides Genesis, other books of the Old Testament, especially a number of Psalms, some passages in Isaiah and Jeremiah and the book of Job are relevant and talk about chaos. Well, I would have to say this in closing. Chaos is pretty darn important. Chaos can have many meanings. I think that if you're a liar, you like chaos because chaos keeps people from looking at the truth. So we've all been programmed to accept a lot of chaos. Chaos, like anything else, can be a very addictive quality. It is what freezes our minds in place and keeps us from being able to hear. It, it, it all really... I call all of this ways to block God, okay? I call them God blockers. Just like evil has to come packaged as hell, they have figured out a pretty good way to block that voice from our ears by fear, fear of death, and fear of uncertainty, and all of this chaos. So anyway, so be safe out there. Chat with you soon. Goodbye for now. Try to see it my way Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way Run the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone We can work it out We can work it out Think of what you're saying You can get it wrong and still you think that it's alright Think of what I'm saying we can work it out and get it straight or say goodnight. We can work it out. We can work it out. Life is very short and